You're listening to the Grace Covenant East Lincoln Audio Podcast. How's everybody doing? Outstanding. Outstanding? Well, good. Let's get right into it. I'm going to find out how many of you guys are remembering from one Sunday to the next and see if you can recall all that we have been talking about in this series called Making Change. This, this Making Change series has been all about making changes in our life so that we can become better stewards of the resources that God has given us. How many of you would say this morning that it is important that we are good stewards of what God gives us? And so this entire series has been about making changes necessary to do just that. So how many of you remember the first week we talked about less is more and then stress is bad and so good we're going to do it again. This is I want you guys to hear one thing. One other thing I want you to remember. It's this. It's this. While we are talking about finances, this is so much more than just our finances. That this is truly another, an, an, another way of showing that Jesus cares about every single area of our life. There's not one area of your life that Jesus would say, um, eh, I don't care, whatever. Jesus cares about every single area of your life because every single area of your life, he wants you to experience freedom. And every single area of your life, God wants you to experience his best. And that includes our finances. So that's why we've been talking about less is more. The book of Ecclesiastes tells us that it is better to have one handful of tranquility rather than two handfuls of toil and chasing after the wind. We learn that, that, that stress is bad, that the borrower is servant to the lender. And today we want to talk about something that... To be honest with you, I get freaked out by and jazzed by all at once. You ever have any things in scripture that kind of does that to you? Like you're totally excited about it and you're totally freaked out by it, right? Because, because number one, if it's in there, that means I got to live it. How many know sometimes I love the Bible for other people? <laughs> I love scripture for other people. I love it for my wife. <laughs> I love it for my wife. But then there's parts of the scripture in there that, man, it's hard for me to walk out and, and to live myself. And, and maybe you'll be kind of like me when it comes to this area of incredible generosity, of giving. I can't believe, I can't believe that it has only been a month ago that we celebrated Christmas. Does anybody else in here feel like that was a year ago? I mean, doesn't it seem like that was ancient ago? And, 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 but as we reflect on Christmas and we think back, most of you, I am sure, probably almost all of you received something. You received something. And, and when you received that something, you, you, were, you were excited. You were glad to have received it. Maybe it was something that you had been um, hoping for for a long time. Maybe it was something that was surprising and you didn't know it was coming your way. Maybe it was socks. I don't know what it was. <laughs> but whatever it was, there was some small measure of joy in having received a gift. Well, what if I were to tell you this morning that there's something that's even better than receiving? 
Forget if I were to tell you that. What if Jesus were to tell you this morning that as much as you love to receive, he's got something even better, and that's called giving. In Acts chapter 20, verse 35 um, through the prophet or through through the power of the Holy Spirit, we're reminded that we should remember the words of the Lord Jesus when He said this. When Jesus said this, it is more blessed to give than to receive. Some of you are doubting it, so read it with me. It is more blessed to give than to receive. Jesus, I don't know. Uh, all of you in here, I know a lot of you, and, and I know this, there's a lot of you that have walked with Jesus for a long time. Would you just raise your hand if you've walked with Jesus maybe more than a year, more than a year. And so I'm going to guess this, that in within a year's time, you have seen the words of Jesus be true, Amen. right? I mean, he, he doesn't just like, he's not great at what he does 90% of the time. Yeah, he, he pretty much bats a thousand. One hundred out of one hundred times at the plate, he's hitting the ball. And, and, and I've never experienced a time in my life where he says something that when I begin to live it out, as hard as it may be, that I haven't found it to be exactly true. And that is so real in this area when Jesus says it is Better, it is more blessed to give than to receive. And all of us love to receive, don't we? Raise your hand if you love to receive this morning. How many of you would love to receive for the person who would not raise their hand this morning? Just, I mean, you're good. I'll just take theirs then, man. They don't want it. We all love to receive. But Jesus would say to us today, if you dig that, wait till you see this. Try giving. Try giving. Giving. Second Corinthians chapter nine, verse 11 says, you will be enriched in every way so that you can be generous on some occasions. I misread that one again. Okay, let's try it again. You will be enriched in every way so that you can be generous on every occasion. And through us, your generosity will result in thanksgiving to God. The end game of our generosity, don't miss this, the end game of our generosity is that God will give praise. Oh, let's say it again because that was so good. The end game of generosity is that God will get praised. And how many of you would say, he's kind of worthy of it. So in everything that I do, in my words that I say, in the life that I leave, and in the stewarding of my finances, I can worship God. God. Proverbs chapter 11 verses 24 through 25 says this, that the world of the generous gets larger and larger, (laughs) but the world of the stingy, it gets smaller and smaller. Doesn't that seem counterintuitive? If I hold on to more of my stuff, then it means I've got more, right? And if I give my stuff away, then obviously I must have what? Less. But I'll tell you this, scripture is countercultural. The economy of God is different than the economy of man. That when I give, I find that my world is expanding. And when I hold on though, with a white knuckled grip to those things that I consider mine, it's mine. I find my world getting smaller and smaller. Have you ever tried to take a toy away from a kid who is so convinced that he has to, has to have it? 
I remember one time my kid, he, I, it was like a toy gun or something I had, and he was small and he was playing with it, and I said, give it to me, he goes, mine! And I'm literally picking up the toy, and he's clinging, airborne now, holding on to his toy. And, and, and can't we be like that sometimes? When we hold on and say, no! And the guy's just like, try giving it to me, and watch what I do. I want to prove to you this morning that giving really is better than receiving. And some of you are going to know exactly what I'm talking about right here. How many of you have ever had this happen? Where you're in your car, you need that cup of coffee. Amen? Right? Any coffee? Amen. You know what I'm... She knows what I'm talking about. You've got to have it. And so you go into that Starbucks line, okay, the drive-thru. You go up and, and, and you talk in the little intercom thing. And you tell them you just want a small coffee. And then they laugh at you because we call it tall here. And so you get your tall coffee. And they say, okay, your total will be $14.99. All right? Because it's Starbucks. And then you drive up to the window and the, t- and the person that's working there says, oh, your coffee's been paid for. You ever had that experience? Anybody ever had that happen to you? Yes. How many of you would like to receive that gift in the future? Just claim it right now. Okay. But I, so I worked at Starbucks for a while, and I would watch this whole pay it forward thing that would, that would go on. And, and I can tell you there was two different reactions by the same people. Those that would receive and then those that would give. Those that would receive first, there was surprise. They were surprised, pleasantly surprised. But when they gave, they became content. Something came over them. They moved from being surprised pleasantly to becoming content and a deeper joy as they now gave to the person behind them. Why? Because Jesus said, and say it with me, it is better to you know, we had this opportunity to live this out our, uh, just as a, as a campus, didn't we, just about a month ago when we did the Making Room for More campaign. And I watched incredible, ridiculous generosity happen in here. And if you don't know what we were doing, and maybe you're newer here, we tried to raise $30,000 because our children's ministry was growing um, so quickly. Praise God for that. It was growing so quickly, we had to expand. And so we had an office come um, available next door. And so we were able to take our offices over there, expand our children's ministry, expand our youth ministry. But the reality of ministry is it always comprises of two things, and that's people and money. <laughs> always two things. And, and so people are great. Money sometimes is not. And, and so we went into this campaign feeling like it was going to take us three to six months to be able to raise $30,000. And because of crazy, ridiculous generosity, we paid off that $30,000 within two weeks. As of a couple of weeks ago, we have seen us reach the $62,000 threshold for a 30. So we've been able to be wise with our money and pay down our mortgage here. Now, now as cool as that is, let me tell you what is really cool about all that it's the stories it's the stories of people partnering with the holy spirit and what they've told what he has told them to do let me give you one story just one there's this family and and they heard about this 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 um, this campaign and they went home and they prayed okay lord what would you have us do and the husband and the wife felt like the Lord had said to them, this is what the Holy, they felt the Holy Spirit had said to them, was that this year, instead of buying presents, they were to give to this campaign. And so they told me that. And the first thing I thought was, oh gosh, those kids are going to hate me. 
<laughs> second thing that I thought was, okay, let's let's what is God going to do in this? Because I know this that whenever we walk in generosity and in sacrifice, God always gives more than He takes. That's what I know. And so they determined in their hearts that that's what they were going to do. They presented it to their kids. Their kids went and and into their rooms, not not to cry, but they went to their piggy banks. And how many of you guys ever used to collect those uh, two dollar bills? Or, or the dollar gold coins, right? And, and when you get one, you're like so super stoked because you're just going to pretend it's gold and you're a pirate. That's what I used to do. I used to pretend it's gold and I'm a pirate because I'm weird. Okay, that's not the point. And so they got these, right? And they, they brought them back to their mom and dad and they said, not only do we want to not get the presents, we want to donate, we want them to have this too. And it was just like, wow. So the week of Christmas, they go off. This is the stuff that they found happened to them over the week of Christmas. And tell me if this isn't Jesus. The car that they had, which is on its last leg, someone took that car and gave them a newer one. Some giver who they did not, who knew nothing about this, gave their kids $2 bills and dollar gold coins. Someone dropped off a big thing of toys for their family. Not only that, but God went further in the area in which he was working at, that some things changed where he was able, able to even expand his income. Do not tell me that our God is not one who honors radical generosity. Now, please hear me. Do not leave here without hearing this. God does not always give back to us materially or financially. That's one way he may do it. But when I give generously, sometimes what God does is he gives back to me a greater faith. Sometimes what he gives back to me is an abounding joy of watching somebody's life changed. What he gives back to me sometimes is not necessarily money. Hey, listen, this is not a financial investment. We're not giving God five so that we might get back ten. We're not, we're not giving God this. And, no, that you, go, you can go to a financial planner for that. What this is about is about seeing God's word come to life in your life. Life in your life. I think I can say that. It's about seeing the reality of Scripture when he says that it is, again, say it with me, it is better to yeah. than to receive. And you watch us walking in that. And you watch lives changed. And it's not always finances. I mean, you know, there's giving in so many different ways. There's giving of your time. There's giving of, your, of, of, of words of encouragement. There, there's giving of yourself that instead of going home, I'm going to go play baseball with a bunch of kids that I don't even know I'm going to pour into them. There's ways that we give that go beyond finances. Today, we just happen to be talking about finances because like we said earlier, we believe that Jesus even cares about our finances. So if giving is so good, why don't we do it more? If it's so good, why, why don't we do it more often? I think there's a couple of reasons why. It's, number one, sometimes we don't feel like we got enough. We don't feel like we, we bought into the lie of our culture that says you just don't have enough. I'm going to guess that if we go to most of each other's homes, we would probably say we, we, we have enough. I'm going to guess. I'm going to guess, who wants to be brave enough to say that you have stuff in storage unit somewhere? Amen. There you go. We're doing good. <laughs> Four people lied, just so you know. They didn't raise their hands. No, okay, I don't know that. <laughs> yeah, I do. <laughs> I don't know. 
we, 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 we have enough, but we fall into that, that, that mindset, don't we? I think the second reason why we don't give, especially within the context of church, and this one breaks my heart the most, is that we've seen the scriptural truth of giving completely abused in some churches. We've seen it distorted. We've seen people wounded by it. We've seen lies. It breaks my heart. You know why it breaks my heart? It breaks my heart for a couple of reasons. Number one, just because somebody else abuses the word of God, don't you miss out on the blessing and walking in it. Oh, you got to hear that again. Just because somebody else has abused the word of the, of the Lord, do not miss out on the blessing of you still living in it. And I, and I, I hate, I hate, I, can I be, I'm, I'm kind of a transparent pastor, if you don't know. I just kind of put it out there. There's a couple things I hate talking about. You know why? Money, money's one of them. I, it, I mean, I use the word hate. I, it's close to it. I shouldn't have said that. But why? It's because I know that it's been abused. And I know there's mistrust. But I know this. I know God's word is God's word and it is true. And I know that when Jesus says it is better to give than to receive, I will let no man who has fallen into sin keep me from receiving. And I hope you don't do the same. I think the third reason why we don't give generously is because we have a scarcity mindset rather than a mindset of abundance. Like I kind of mentioned earlier, we just feel like we, got, we don't have enough. We need more. We need more. We need more. That's why we touched on that this first week, which was what? Less is more. And we recognize that when we live with less, that we are able to give more generously. So what, what, in, in, in the context of, of giving, in the context of our finances, when we realize that giving is good, what are a few things that we can do to grow in generosity? Write this down in number one. is that we need to trust God with the tithe. Trust God with the tithe. If I want to grow in generosity, I've got to trust God with the tithe. Let me tell you something. When I first came to the Lord, and for those of you that don't know me, that happened later on in life. Um, and, and so when I went to church and, 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 I, and I encountered Jesus and he became my Lord and Savior, man, I don't know how you were, but I know how I was. I was like someone, I was like a top that someone just like spun and was going all over the place because I was so excited about serving God. Man, I, I, I wanted to park cars for people. I wanted to sweep the bathroom. I wanted to do anything I could. I wanted to worship and then they talked to me about tithing and I thought they were nuts <laughs> what are you talking about you know why because that one hit home that was something tangible sometimes it was it was money and, and I was like this is I struggled with it how many, come on, we're a transparent church. How many of you have struggled before with the concept of the tithe? We've struggled with it. But, and, and yet, just because we struggle with something doesn't make it untrue. <laughs> just because I struggled with it didn't mean that Scripture was not accurate. In Deuteronomy chapter 6, um, God is talking to his Israelites. They're, they're getting a little bit um, out of hand, like they tend to do, like I tend to do. And you, God's response to them was this, don't you test me. You ever had a dad ever say that to you? Don't you test me. And, and you knew it was real, right? No more. God was saying, don't you test me. But there's one place in scripture, one in Malachi, where God says, but test me in this. You can test me in this. Malachi chapter 3, verse 10 says, Bring the whole tithe into the storehouse, that there may be food in my house. So in, in our day, what we would say is bring the whole tithe to the church so that there might be food in the church. You're like, food? Where's the cookies? What are you talking about? 
Where's the food? Well, no, I, I would say the food is the nourishment that we get from the Word of God and the, be able, the ability to be able to worship and, and to see His kingdom advance in our community. He says, bring it all into my house so there will be food in my house and test me in this, says the Lord Almighty, and see if I will not throw open the floodgates of heaven and pour out so much blessing that there will be not enough room for it. Test me. Listen, going back to what I said earlier, I have never seen God fail to live up to his word. Not once. And if he is asking us to actually test him in this area, would you agree with me this morning? That might be a good area to test him in. To see if scripture will come alive in our life. In your notes, write this down. It says, when we tithe, it is worship to God. A statement of our trust and establishing the priority of God in our lives. Look at the person next to you this morning and say, it is not about money. Try to convince them more because they're not believing you. (laughs) (laughs) But it's not. Let's read that again. It's It's a worship to God. It's a statement of our trust. And it's establishing him as a priority in our lives. I saw the coolest thing, coolest thing over Christmas break. Young man on our campus, um, he's graduated and he's gone on to college. And um, he was around the church and he's looking around, looking around. He's got this envelope in his hand. And, and, and I, what's up, man? And he's looking for the tithe box. And how many of you remember college days? The scarcity of college days. How many of you remember Top Ramen? In college, <laughs> ketchup sandwiches. How many remember that? That you didn't have much, right? And and so this young man, I know he doesn't have much, and and he probably with that tithe could have traded in the top ramen and gotten one of those glorious cookout trays. How many of you know what I'm talking about? Cookout trays. Oh, some of you need to get saved. These cookout trays I'm talking about, man, they're like $4.99 and they just throw everything they have on top of this and say, eat in abundance. When's the fast over? (laughs) And so I know that this kid could have kept what little bit may have been in that envelope. It may have been a little bit to you and me. They may not have meant much to you or I, but he had held on to his tithe over the course of school to come back to make sure that what? Number one was this. He was prioritizing God as number one. He was establishing God as a priority in his life from a young age. Don't you tell me it was about the money. Don't you tell me it was about the money. It was about the passion of a young man to say, God, you have your way in every area of my life and I will walk in obedience. Do you think that that God is not going to bless that young man? Do you not believe that God is going to move and work? I can't wait to watch it. Proverbs chapter 3, verse 9 says, Honor the Lord with your wealth, with the first fruits of all your crops. Honor the Lord with your wealth and the first fruits of all your crops. You know, one of the things that my wife and I um, began to do um, after our marriage is that we do not write a check to our bills. We, we don't put gas in the tank. Um, we don't even get cookout trays <laughs> until we first tithe. The very first thing that we do, because it's the first fruits. It's the first of what God has given to us that we want to give back to him. This is not about legalism. It's not about, God will, listen, God will honor the tithe even if you go put gas in your car first. 
God's going to honor the tithe if you take care of some things first. I believe that totally, the bottom of my heart. But for me and my family, it was a priority of worship that the first of what we have, we would give to the Lord. Because let me tell you something, you ain't got nothing he hasn't given to you. (laughs) You may feel like you work hard and you do, but guess where you got that job from? His provision. His provision in your life. And so why wouldn't I take the first of what I had and give back to him? Okay, number two, write this down. You want to plan your generosity. Not only do we want to honor the tithe, but we want to plan our generosity. I must have read this verse before, but it never jumped out into me. I never really noticed it until uh, just this week. Isaiah 32, 8. But generous people plan to do what is generous. And then they stand firm in their generosity. Did you catch that? That generous people plan to be generous and then they stand firm in their generosity i'm typically really good at spontaneous generosity you you follow me where something happens on the spur of the moment boom I, i i'll give there but to actually plan to be generous that's taking it to a different level I know some families that, that they plan 20 bucks a month because that's all they can do right now. 20 bucks a month that they are going to plan to put that to the aside and they are going to use that just to make sure that they're being generous to somebody. It could be that single lady in, in, in the line at store and single mom and you can see she's struggling. Then you just slip that 20 so her day is made. How cool is that? It could be times of helping a youth get to camp or or get out on a missions trip, but you've planned your generosity. You've put it aside. And this is what I love too, is the second part of what it says, and they stand firm in their generosity. That's so important to remember that part, is that they stand firm in it. Because I can do this. I can plan to be generous, and I can stack it up, and I can stack it up. And then when the moment comes, I'm supposed to give it away. My, my, my wallet gets stage fright. <laughs> it's comfortable in my pocket and doesn't want to come out. But the generous person, not only does he plan, but he does. And when the moment arises, he becomes the generous person that in his heart he wants to be. So last one, number three. When do we start being generous? Let's start being generous now. Let's start being generous now. We honor the tithe, we plan to be generous, and we start being generous now. How many of you would say this morning that when we know that God has spoken a word to us, it's not for next week? Hello? That when God is calling us to do something, He's not playing kick the can down the road. That when He speaks to us, we respond. There's this, uh, there's these three guys. And if you laugh, I'll really get you out of here on time, okay? So there's these three guys. <laughs> Not now. <laughs> and one's, a, one's a teacher, one's a doctor, and one's a lawyer. And, and they're hanging out, they're talking about, you know, they're going to die someday, right? That's just how it is. And they're talking about their funeral and, and what, what they want to hear people say about them, what kind of a legacy they're leaving. And, and, and so the doctor's like, man, when I'm in that casket, I hope I hear people say, wow, you know, he was such a great doctor, helped so many people. The teacher said, when I'm in that casket, you know what I want to hear? I want to hear, wow, that teacher really loved his students and poured and invested into them. And they asked the lawyer, lawyer, what do you want to hear? And the lawyer said, when I'm in that casket and everybody's around, I want someone to stand up and say, look, he's moving. <laughs> Because he's living is why he was... Never mind. 
the reality is this. We are all going to be, I hate to put it this way, in the, in the casket, right? I want to leave a legacy. I want to leave a legacy. I, I, I've got a fantastic family. Um, they, 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 yesterday, um, they buried a loved one. And this person I know has left an incredible legacy. I did a funeral yesterday for another family. Uh, she, was, she was an amazing woman. You know it wasn't with her? Her bank account. And she was there, and I'm doing this service. I saw there was no bank account. There was no cars. There, 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 was, there was a legacy. And it was a legacy of ridiculous, scandalous generosity. Part of that generosity, yeah, was finances. Part of that generosity was of her time and of her love for people. I want to leave a legacy. Here's a church that did that. In 2 Corinthians chapter 8. I'm just going to read a couple of these verses. Now, friends, I want to report on the surprising and generous ways in which God is working in the churches in Macedonia province. Fierce troubles came down on the people of those churches, pushing them to the very limit. So you get the picture, right? There's just all kinds of pressure going on right now. And the trial exposed their true colors. They were incredibly happy, though desperately poor. The pressure triggered something totally unexpected, an outpouring of pure and generous gifts. I was there. I saw it for myself. We're talking about a church hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of years ago today. They left a legacy, didn't they? It was a legacy that said, no matter what, I'm going to walk in this craziness that God talks about, (laughs) that truly it is better to give than to receive. Say it with me again. It is better to you know why I think Jesus has the authority to say that? Because Jesus embodied it. That's what I love about our God. He's never a do as I say kind of God. He's a do as I do kind of God. He is the one who has given and given and given. As if it wasn't enough to give us life. This is going to be weird, but do this. It just popped into my head, so it's probably going to be weird. (laughs) Put your hands out in front of you. Go like this. You're alive. (laughs) He's moving. (laughs) You're right, it was weird. (laughs) But you're alive. He's given you gift. You're alive. He's given because it's better to give than to receive. And if that wasn't enough, Jesus left the throne room of heaven, came to earth. Gets me sometimes. And he saw us. And he saw how much he wanted to be with you. And so he gave his life on Calvary because he loves you that much. He's not, a, he's not a God that says, do as I say. He's the God that says, do as I do. Would you agree that he's left a heck of a legacy? 
And as his children, we get to walk in it. How cool is that? Let's pray. Lord, thank you for your legacy. Thank you for your life. Thank you for your radical generosity towards us. You truly lived what it means when we say, or what you said, truly it is better to give than to receive. And Lord, for us who have received so much, I'm not just talking financial, Lord. I'm not just talking about a nation as great as this that we get to live. I'm not just talking about family and everything else, but, but Lord, you've given us you. We have received so much. And so, Lord, I pray we will live up to our namesake. Um, I, I pray we would be a people who would not cling to our toys, but, Father, we would live the reality that it is better to give than to receive. Now, God, we would see needs around us, and we would meet those needs. That, Lord, we would see the broken, and we would help heal. God, maybe it's that, 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 that desperately struggling single mom somewhere. Maybe it's that orphan, Lord, that's a DSS. God, maybe it's a woman who finds herself in a horrible situation at the Crisis Pregnancy Care Center. Wherever it may be, Father, spur us to be generous to meet needs. Because God, we know, as your word says, at the end of it all, at the end of all generosity, you will get glory. That's what we want. We want you to have glory. And so, God, we worship you. We praise you. And we give you our hearts. We give you our minds. We give you our resources. We give you everything. And all God's people said, Amen. For more information on Grace Covenant Church, our service times, ministry opportunities, directions, and more, visit us at gracecovenant.org.